Please welcome to Pastor Steve Graham. Awesome. Great to be here. Grab a seat. Um, we're aware that you haven't had a lot of visitors for several years, so you're not used to listening to bad New Zealand accents. So um, just tell me if, like, we don't understand what you're saying, and I'll, I'll try and change it. Um, yeah, it's a real um, privilege to be here. Um, yeah, it's really good to be here. And just, you know, I just want to um, sense uh, God's spirit here. And, I, yeah, I, I shared something with these guys the other day, and Pastor Bruce Monk said, oh, you need to say it in front of the church. But, you know, for you guys, you're just, you're legends. And um, you've just achieved so much. But I, as I said the other day, I just, you know, it's so, this guy, these I mean, it's just embarrassing, like, how young and fit and good-looking they are, right? It's like, people like me, we just feel bad around them, but it's like, but I felt like, you know, God I said, you know, um, God's shifted something, and now uh, you're not the young pastors, you're mum and dad of this church, and uh, you carry a weight of maturity and authority, uh, and, um, you know, Barry, I just sense over you that you're an atmosphere changer, and the atmosphere's changed over this church. You might feel like you're just getting back into things. Well, I can't even remember the first time I came here. Eight, was it eight or nine years ago? And yeah, yeah. but man, just coming in here, the atmosphere's changed. Yeah. And, and, and God's saying the atmosphere's changing. Uh, you know, but I just sense on you, there's a, there's, a, there's a grace of the entrepreneur on you. And I, we've talked, you're going about to go to business, but there's a grace of an entrepreneur on you. And you've tried different things in the past, but man, there's a grace on you for this. Yeah. And it's just awesome. And um, I feel like, uh, so I've been in ministry about 40 years, and but the last eight or nine, I've been part of Equippers, and I really found my groove, like, getting in behind and supporting. And I just sense for you, you know, there's a, just a grace on your life to support. And that's in your sweet spot. That's your happy place. And there's a grace and favor there. There's, it's just a, a beautiful servant heart to get in and support what these guys are doing, what this church is doing, and, and equippers in general. And uh, I just bless you for the grace to support what's going on here. It's awesome. Cool. Hey, um, I want to talk about uh, something that might strange, sound a bit strange. I want to talk today, hopefully it's going to come, about wonder. And just, uh, I believe that, I don't know about you, but we kind of live in a bit of a cynical age, right? Like, yeah, right, so the prime minister's able to have parties when we're not, and kind of, th- we just, we're not very trusting of our politicians, and was that too soon? Yeah, yeah, okay, and um, uh, we're just a bit cynical about stuff, and yeah, whatever, um, and, and sometimes some of us are in a life stage that's just a grind. Um, when our children were little, we were missionaries in the Philippines. I remember Christine writing, a, back in the days when you had to send letters before email, shows how old we are, uh, writing a letter to her dad and just going, life's just not much fun now. It's just a grind, and her dad writing back and kind of going, yeah, sometimes there's just stages like that. Uh, and and I, I don't know where where Colchester Essex is at in terms of the last couple of years, just the grind with COVID and lockdowns and then, and then now Ukraine and stuff. Um, uh, but so a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a news article written in New Zealand about where New Zealanders are at. I'd love just to read about, and you might go, because we're kind of six months behind you, um, it, yeah, with stuff. So this might not be where you're at, but just let it provoke you to think, yeah, where, where are we at? Um, so I don't know if you, so New Zealanders are called Kiwis, 
people know that? Yeah. That's how famous we are. Yeah. So this article was, the title of it was this, Why Kiwis Are Fed Up With Everything Right Now. So it just says this, the COVID pandemic is stretching into its third year and tempers are frayed. We're all out of empathy and experts say that, frankly, it's not surprising. Experts say after two years of being told to be kind, Kiwi's empathy reserves have run dry, leaving us fed up, burnt out, and thoroughly sick of each other. That was an awkward... Mm. Uh, Okay. With the stress of seemingly endless pandemic now compounded by rising costs of living, threats of a housing crash, worries about the Ukraine, New Zealanders are all out of cope. Uh, So they quote, there's a clinical psychologist who's the kind of go-to voice uh, New Zealand. He's actually part of Equipa's church, uh, and so his name's Dougal Sutherland. He says this, Dougal Sutherland agrees that right now New Zealanders seem to hate everything. <laughs> he, sees that, he says that our hair-trigger tempers and simmering resentment, resentment are understandable, though perhaps not admirable. And he has a quote, usually in life we have a bit of a break, but this intense chronic stress With this intense chronic stress, our anger and irritability levels have sat up there. Even the small things brass us off. And and they quote an employer who says this. This guy's Luke. He didn't want to give his proper name in case he upset all his clients and employees. But he says, the thing that upsets Luke most these days is other people. (laughs) They don't have to do much to annoy him. Walking too slow, talking too loud, or simply being alive. So I don't know where you're at. I've only been here a week, but I, uh, but, um, I hear some stuff around mental health and stuff. Some of us aren't in a great space. And I feel like God wants to restore something of childlike faith in this moment. And, and you know, Jesus said in Mark 18 verse 3, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, Luke 18, 17. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And we could talk a lot about what does it mean to have a childlike faith. But I want to focus today on this one aspect. I think there's a sense of wonder at life. And I feel like that's been robbed from us the last few years. And I believe God wants to restore just a sense of wonder. Um, We have three grandchildren, our, our middle one turned two yesterday and so again because she lived in another part of the country we haven't seen her a lot because we weren't allowed to travel uh, but we you know we've visited a few times and we do a lot of video calls but we came up with this idea a few weeks ago of just making a little 30 second video for her and so you know because she doesn't know us super well but we're able to call her by name her name's Nora hello Nora how are you and we know what she likes and so, so we're able to say some of that uh, and and her mum our daughter-in-law um sent a photo of her and she said yeah she loves watching this video uh of these people that know all about her and talk to her by name and know what she likes and the photo was just like and just the sense of wonder, there's these people. Because, you know, I watch, she watches Wiggles and stuff on the TV. But now there's these people from the television calling her by name. And, who know, and there's just the sense of wonder. Wonder post for us, post-COVID, middle of Ukraine, cost of living, that, that today, that God could just restore a sense of wonder to life. Because I think that's part of childlike faith. Uh, The meaning of wonder is this, a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. Man, that's just so amazing. 
It's so beautiful. That's so unexpected. Wonderful means inspiring delight, pleasure, or admiration. Extremely good and marvelous. I wonder when the last time your jaw dropped and go, that is just so amazing. That is so wonderful. Because if you're anything like me, that maybe hasn't happened for a while. It's just going through the grind and trying to move on. And, and so I believe God wants us to be a people who feel wonder, the sense of innocence and delight and joy and awe. And, and, and when you think about, I wonder what God would wonder, what God would want us to be in wonder about. You think, oh, maybe his character and the bigness of God and his grace and his love. And it says, yes, uh, tick. That's something from the Bible that we should be in wonder of. Maybe we should be in wonder at the beauty of his creation, the whales and the mountains and the stars and the galaxy. Yes, tick. But I want to I talk about something today, which when I say it will sound like Christianity light, really superficial, kind of pop. But I want to show you that it's actually deeply biblical. Like I'm the Bible guy. I was supposed to talk about college, wasn't I? Stupid me, one job. Um, but I'm the Bible guy. That's my job, run a Bible college in New Zealand, and we're going to start one here. Like a little time out for ad break. Yeah, so we're starting a Bible college in Surrey. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, we, so I lead a Bible college in New Zealand. We have about 100 students a year, and it's really part of a vision. So I've, I've led three different Bible colleges in my life, but this one's different because this is about seeing an army of people raised up and equipped for what Equippers is doing. And we've just seen it explode around New Zealand. We were able to start two new campuses last week, oh, a couple of weeks ago in Auckland, just because we've got a wave of people ready. And I just know God's raising up another wave of people in, in the UK to be ready to go and launch new Equippers campuses. So your Equippers campuses just grow and, and around the UK and around Europe. And if you just sense like, man, I want to be part of that, it's like, just give God a year. Doesn't mean you're going to be a pastor necessarily, but it's like, I just want to be part of the next wave. Okay, that's the ad break finished. Come and talk to me if you want to know more about it. Back to the, back to the theme. Where were we? Wonder. Here's what I want to say that could sound really superficial. Well, I thought this was a Bible church. This is the Bible. I believe, what I want to talk about, the thing that God wants us to have the jaw drop wonder is this, how much God is involved in your life. How much God is concerned about you. How much his thoughts are towards you. How much he has overseen and watched over every event of your life. How devoted he is. How concerned he is. How proactive he is. That oh, I couldn't believe this is so amazing. This is too good to be true. Of how much God cares about me. And so uh, if you've got a Bible, we're going to look at Psalm 139. It's a, a well-known psalm. And I just want to, it's kind of not really a sermon with points, I just kind of want to wander through a couple of passages and kind of comment on them almost devotionally. And so again, here, this is the psalm. You have searched me, O Lord. Like you've figured out all the little parts of me, my fears and my hopes and concerns. You've looked into those parts and like, what's that fear about? What's that hope about? What's that dream? Like you've searched out my heart, God. You know, and, and you know me. You know everything about me. What My dreams and my hopes that I've never told to anyone, my, my worries and concerns, you know all about them. Like you've, you've searched them out so that you know me completely. 
And in verse 2, you, uh, even got the verse, you know when I sit and when I rise. It's like he knows when I'm feeling a bit tired and I need to hit, sit down. You know when I'm about to get up and it's like toilet break between the rounds last night. Or Barry's going off to bed now. He's like, Barry, Barry, just wait two more minutes. He's about to knock the guy out. God knows when we're like, oh, I'm just feeling a bit, I just need to go for a walk. Or I just, God knows every time we're about to sit down, every time we're about to rise, he knows what's going on inside our mind and out. Like, you know that about me, God. You know me so well. Oh, yeah, Barry, no. Maybe he was like, Barry, you're getting on a bit. Yeah, it is time for bed. You go. You can watch it in the morning. You know, you know me. Like, you know me, God. You discern my going out and my lying down. You know when I'm just feeling a bit restless and I feel like I just need to go for a walk. I've got to get my head clear. You know what's going on when I do that. You know when I come back in and I just, I, I need to lie down and I'm, I, and I'm just feeling a bit tired. Like, you know God. This God's not, he, like, he knows everything about me. You're familiar with all of my ways. Other people might not understand me, but God, you get me. You know when I need some time by myself. You know when I need to go and hang out with people. You know when I get discouraged and I just need some encouragement. You know when I feel lonely or hurt or when I feel happy. Like you get, like God, you completely understand me. Like this is amazing. And then verse four, he says this, before a word is on my tongue, you not even before I'm I'm just feeling something and I don't know quite how to put it into words. You already know what I'm going to say. Like you know, you know me better than I know myself. You know exactly how I'm going to react to every situation. You know how I'm feeling. Verse five can sound a bit um, negative, but it's actually positive. You hem me in behind and before. It's not controlling, constraining, but it's like God, you are all around me. You're before me, behind me. You just know everything about me. Like, this is incredible. And you lay your hand upon me. It's like, it's a hand of connection. Hey, I'm here with you. It's a hand of comfort. Hey, it's going to be okay. It's a hand of guidance. Hey, hey, come this way. And it's a hand of empowerment. Hey, come on, I'm going to get you through this. Like, seriously, God, you are that invested in my life. And that's where I say, if you think this is too Christianity light, such knowledge, what? Is too wonderful for me. It's too wonderful, jaw-dropping, amazed, too good to be true. God, you are too wonderful for me. Some of us maybe come from religious backgrounds that are very kind of critical and and. Uh, and put down and make you feel guilty and whatever this is biblical faith god how you know me is too wonderful to believe like my little two-year-old granddaughter my jaw should drop like i cannot believe that the god of the universe is that interested in me too lofty for me to attain this kind of sense of how much you know me I can't actually get my head around it, God. You care that much about me. You know, in the, in the Hebrew words there, wonderful, it just means incomprehensible, extraordinary, indicates a, an event that a person judging by the customary and the expected finds extraordinary, impossible, even wonderful. 
Like this is the God of the Bible who is, it's almost too wonderful to grasp how much he's for you today. How much he knows what you've struggled with, even yesterday, the last few weeks, the last few years, the battles of your life. He knows the dreams you had as a child, the hopes, he knows the disappointments, he knows the battles. He, he knows, like, God, you, you know me that well and you care that much? Like, this is too wonderful to believe. Uh, the message translation of verse 5, I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much. This is too wonderful. I can't take it all in. People, friends, this is the faith of the Bible. This is not candy floss Christianity. This is not Christianity light. This is biblical Christianity. And then if you jump down a bit further in the psalm, again, you'll find this phrase wonderful. Verse 13, now it goes to a next level. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Even if for your parents you were a mistake. For God, he's like, no, no, I personally put you together in your mother's womb. I was there. Maybe you've wandered into church for the first time today and you don't really know much about this God stuff. God says, this may be the first time you're aware of me, but I've been aware of you from when you were in your mother's womb. Yeah. I personally shaped you. I personally chose what you would look like. Your, your, your physical body is a miracle. You're not a mistake. Your culture may have put all these negative things about body image and stuff, but I put you together as a masterpiece. And not only your physical body, but your personality, your gifts and strengths, the things that you love doing, I put that all together. We live in a world that puts people down, but the biblical says, no, you have been individually crafted by God. If you're an administration person, God put that. Your world might say, oh, you're just boring. No, no, I shape you to be that. Maybe you're a creative person and the world might say, oh, you're just a dreamer. No, God says, no, I made you like that. Maybe you're a super people person, extrovert, and, and God's like, no, I made you as the person who injects life into environments. Maybe you're the quiet introvert and God's like, no, I made you like that to be the person who often brings depth Depth to relationships and conversations. But we spend our life in a world that just puts us down. And God's like, no, I, I personally knit you together in your mother's womb. This didn't start a few years ago when you first came to church. It didn't start today. when This, came, this started when I knit you together in your mother's womb. And so, verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully, this, and wonderfully made. It's like, could you actually say that? You know, it, it, we've, oh, I'm going off on a tangent, but we often, like we, when we look at the whales, we go, oh man, that's amazing. Glory to you, God. When we look at the mountains or we look at the stars, biblically, the greatest sense of wonder should come when you look in the mirror. That's not humanistic. That's biblical faith. God, you've made a masterpiece. My personality, my gifts, my strengths. I am, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you're already struggling with that, the next line, your works are wonderful. What's he talking about? You as a work of God. Like God made us incredible. 
and, and, and God's given us a divine assignment and he matches our gifts and our temperament to his assignment. How cool is that? He's, he's made us a certain way and then he has a call on our life that's going to fulfill that and the very thing that you love doing, often people are like, oh man, if I, you know, it's that old idea like, oh, don't say I never want to go to um, Alaska because then God will definitely call you there. It's like, what kind of weird idea of God is that? And if you love playing the violin, he's definitely going to call you to lay it down. That's just weird. No, he's personally crafted you. And then he's going to call you to the very thing that's going to fulfill you. Yeah. You know, he goes on verse 15. You haven't got the verses up there, but it just says this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Like he's knowing you. The first part of the psalm, like, he knows you now. The the third part, like, he's knowing you before even your parents knew you. He knew you, and he's for you. And he just wants to inject for some people right now self-esteem into your life. Because I'm created by God. And, and, and And then it goes to another level. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He not only formed you in your mother's womb, he's like, he knows what's going to happen every day of your life. And he knows you're going to take some hits because we live in a broken world and that breaks his heart. But he's like, I, I've made a plan for you to flourish. I've made a plan for you to step into. That's going to be the most fulfilling part of your life. You know, I, I'm a lot older than most people here. It's like, I can tell if you follow God, you live the most fulfilling life that you can imagine because I'm following the person who wired me a certain way and he's ordained a path that's going to fulfill how he created me to be. And you can trust him with that. You know, again, the Hebrew words here about wonderful is like to be marvelous, to be surpassing, to be extraordinary, to be separate by distinguishing action, to be beyond one's power, to be difficult to do, to be difficult to understand, to be wonderful, to be extraordinary. Like this is biblical faith. I cannot believe God, you crafted my life. You was, you was, you in the individual attention that you've put on my life is almost too much to believe. Jaw drop in wonder. It's like our two-year-old granddaughter. Jaw drop in wonder that there's these people who know me. Well, that's how we're supposed to be before God. Jaw drop in wonder that the God of the universe knows me and is invested in my life and cares for me. This is, this is one psalm. So you, it's biblical, right? Have I convinced you it's biblical? It's not humanistic? It's not, but actually, it's a theme in the Bible that, that comes a number of times. So Jeremiah chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to me saying this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So he's, he's actually backed it up another step. Psalm was like, oh, yeah, I formed you in your mother's womb. He's like, no, even before that, I knew you. Like, before you were even conceived, I knew you. I knew that you were going to be born. I knew what you were going to be like. I, and I planned for you. And I have a purpose for your life and a destiny. And I've wired you with certain gifts and abilities, whether it's in business or, or health or for people. Like, I knew you. Coming to God is discovering who I'm always meant to be. You know, and, and for him, that involved, I appointed you as a prophet. But for, for each of us, he's appointed you to be a certain kind of pe- person. 
Message translation is this. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. That's in the Old Testament, the New Testament one, Galatians 1. This is the Apostle Paul. Uh, Coming in a minute. He says this. But when God, who set me apart from... before my mother's womb. That's still Jeremiah. But Galatians, have we got Galatians 1? No, it's crashed and died. That's all right. Let me, just listen. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb. You got it? This is now a biblical theme. God sets you apart. Not when you respond to him. He sets you apart from your mother's womb. You responding to him is just discovering that he's always been there. And he's always been involved. He was there and he watched over you as a child with your hopes and dreams and your hurts and disappointment. He's always been there. He knew the setbacks, but he, but he knew, like, I'm going to be there and I'm going to make a way forward through that because I want you to fulfill the purpose on your life. And he says, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, there's another thing. Like it's, it, the call was, he's, he's like, I'm going to put all of my grace on that. I'm going to invest all of my power in that. I am for you. I am for you to be all you've, oh, there it is. All you, and, and then, but when God who'd set me apart was pleased to reveal his son to me. Yeah, so there's a moment when you encounter Jesus, but then you realize he's always been there. He's for you. And so if you go to the conclusion of Psalm 139, it says this. How precious or how amazing are your thoughts concerning me, God? How vast is the sum of them? You're not unknown to God. The psalmist says this, you could not, oh, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. You cannot you might think maybe God at one point had one thought about me. The psalmist is like, you cannot count the amount, the amount of thought that God is putting into your life. Oh, I know they're a bit tired and I, I, I know they're a, bit, they're a bit, the season is coming to an end, they're a bit frustrated, but, but I, know, I know what I've got for them next and, and I, I know what I'm going to put in place to help them navigate that and I know that they don't really know what they're going to do with their life yet, but I know what I've got for them. And, and I, know, I know they're struggling with this, but I know what I'm going to put around them to help them get through. Like, you cannot, like, you cannot count the, the amount of thought that goes into your life from God. Like, this is too wonderful to get your head around. And when I'm awake, I'm still with you. The implication is there. Even when I'm asleep, he's still thinking and planning for me. And when I awake, he's like, yeah, I've been up all night thinking about you. God says. And when you wake up, okay, we're good to go on another day. It's an incredible thing. God is everywhere around us. And Psalm 139 is just a reflection of wonder. But I want to say when you get this, it shifts from just a sense of wonder into a posture of confidence. And Psalm uh, Isaiah 49 is a passage that's really important for equippers. And I want you to see how, how the reflection of Psalm 39 transitions into a sense of confidence. And I pray that you go out of here today with a sense of confidence. This is what it says. Listen to me, you islands. Now, by the way, this 
primary, first and foremost applies to the Messiah, but because we're in him, this applies to all of us as the people of God. So this, listen to me, you islands, and hear this, you distant nations. You might feel like there's voices that are bombarding you and wearing you down and controlling you, but once you get this, it's like, no, you start speaking back. Listen to me, world. There's more in my life than you know. I don't care if you put me down. That's not the truth. You need to listen to what I know about what's gone in my life. You need to hear what God's put in my life. Something rises up with a confidence. And again, notice the thought. Before I was born, the Lord called me. Could you believe that? Some of you have been so lost and disappointed. And it's like, before I was born, he called me. And I've wandered a long way, but he's always been calling me back to himself. And my life is richer because of that. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. Here's another thought. Even before your parents named you, even before they knew maybe that a child has been conceived, God not only knew you, he knew your name and he was calling you by name to himself. It's just incredible. And, and then it talks about how he was shaped. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He's like, he's forming you to be someone. And, and the world may not have seen it. And you might think no one knows you, but all of that time, God was shaping something in you. And he made me into a polished arrow and he concealed me in his quiver. You may think that nothing was happening, but God was doing something in secret in your heart. And then he said this, man, just let God's anointing come with this. He said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will display my splendor. You're going to reveal something of the glory of God that nobody else could reveal. Maybe for some of you, just that beautiful kind of quiet depth. For some of you, the loud extrovert energy. For some of you, the attention to detail. You are designed to reveal something of God's splendor. Paul sums the whole thing up in one verse in the New Testament. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this. For we, are, for we are God's handiwork. The word in Greek, poema, from which we get poem, from which we get masterpiece, from which we get a sense of craftsmanship. You are, you are God has crafted your life as a masterpiece. You are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Like I said, this is not candy floss Christianity. This is not Christianity light. This is biblical faith. A sense of wonder. God, I never realized how much you care about me. I thought I was alone. I thought you didn't really know. I thought you didn't really care. No, no, I care so much. No, you can't even imagine how much I've thought about you. You don't know how invested I am in you. You don't know how much I care about your hurts and your disappointments and your hopes and dreams. Like, I am totally for you. It's like, God, this is, this is too good to believe. Pastor Bruce mentioned the other day something of Jazz Thornton. Do you know who, that name? Do you know her story? You do. Okay. Let me show you, let me show you a, a crazy case of what God would do with someone's life. And, and you may think, well, nothing like that is going to ha- ever happen to me. But I, w- I want you to get, this is one young woman's story. And I just want to quickly show it to you. So if, uh, can we flick up that PowerPoint? Um, just a bit of a trigger warning. This is a story about someone, of self-harm and suicide attempts and stuff. So if any of that triggers for you, just put a little wall up now in your heart. I mean, seriously. Like just 
just look after yourself and protect yourself. So the, the young woman on that side, her name's Jazz Thornton, so she's part of our church in Auckland. And Voices of Hope is a, a trust, uh, uh, an organization that those two women have set up around teenage mental health. So you flick up the next one. So they, yeah, they're involved in this and they promote a lot of stuff around particularly teenage mental health. But um, flick up the next one. She, she as a young girl, suffered, grew up with a whole lot of abuse. So by the time she was a teenager, had attempted suicide 14 times and severe mental illness, admitted to hospital, told that she would never come out of there. She went to a youth event. Yeah, uh, there's a photo of her on the left after suicide attempt number five. But she, she went to a youth event and she came to faith. And then she came to college and spent a year in college and she was still working through some stuff, self-harm and stuff like that. But, but at the end of college, oh, if you flick up the next one, she, um, oh, this is a picture of the, uh, oh, I've lost the script. There's a picture with her with the policewoman who literally cut her down from the tree where she was hanging herself. She met up again with the policewoman. And, and the policewoman persuaded her that her life was worth living. An incredible story. And then if you flick up the next one, uh, and, but once they set up, she just started to get this momentum. So they, she started being in magazines with her story and what she was doing. Flick up the next one. She, um, she got these book contracts to write a book. So the next one, so she published her, her story uh, about how to overcome mental health issues and stuff. Uh, so she wrote that book, and then she got another book contract to write another book, which is a journal of her own journey uh, that's been published as well. Flick up the next one. We're getting on this. And, um, and then she got involved with, this was the GP that helped her in the mental health institute and stuff, now traveling to uh, Indonesia. I'll go back, go back to that one. Indonesia to speak about mental health. And then uh, after she finished college, she actually went to film school. And part of their assignment, everyone had to write one script and they chose one to actually be produced. So she produced a story about the story of one who did commit suicide. So she produced the film. And then it won all these international awards for this film. And going to the next one. Yeah, oh, that one. And sorry, go back. The International New York Film Festival. This was a girl who was, was told she would never get out of a psych ward who when she was at college would still self-harm in the breaks. And now, she, and now she's traveling and doing it. So next one. Um, uh, and, and it wins a gold medal at the New York Film Festival, the, the film that she produced. And then the next one. And then somebody, this is the crazy thing, did another film about her producing that first film. And this one. And then next one, that's her story. And then that was had an international release. Next one. And... Um, and, uh, and that went to Cannes Film Festival about her and won, and next one, and it won, uh, won some award. And then she's now she's speaking at, then she got into speaking at TEDx around her story. And next one, and this is probably, and that's our Prime Minister, so she's hanging out with the Prime Minister. The next one is when these people were a bit more popular than they might be today. So <laughs> hanging out with them, and they invited her to Buckingham Palace to come in to a mental health uh, event. And then from there, next one, she, uh, and then she ended up going to the United Nations General Assembly to speak about mental health. So in the next one, this is her at the UN General Assembly speaking about teenage mental health. Wow. Uh, next one, and then um, oh, the, she was involved in church. Somebody, that's Pastor Esther, Esther Greenwood, who's one of the pastors in our church. People just supporting her and all of this. The next one, 
Uh, that's actually Pastor Kathy Monk, the wife of Sam Monk, the New Zealand national leader. So she had a lot of investment and pastoral care and support. Next one, um, she, um, we do New Zealander. She won last year Young New Zealander of the Year. This was seven years ago, in and out of a psych ward, self-harming, 14 suicide attempts. Now, Young New Zealander of the Year. Next one, she, um, this was... Uh, just celebrating that she's got one million followers on TikTok. She did a skydive. Every just presenting the story of mental health success. And then just maybe this is, and then just 12 hours ago, she's now on the New Zealand Dancing with Stars thing, the first <laughs> night of thing. This must be this must be the Essex crowd, eh? Like, yeah, she's yeah, UN, yeah, film, but no, she's on Dancing with Stars. Like, <laughs> success. <laughs> Uh, and flick out the next one. And this is her today. I think she's around 27. And so you can flick that off. Now, maybe I can get the keyboardist back up. Um, that's an extraordinary story of, of someone who was known before she was born, who went through such brokenness, but God touched her life and drew her forward into purpose. And I just... I, you know, God, the devil almost robbed her of life. But God's like, no, no, I'm for you, Jazz. Nothing can rob you of my purpose. Come on, I'm for you. In a jaw-dropping wonder kind of way. You cannot imagine how much I'm for you. You cannot imagine my thoughts for you. You cannot imagine how I've scheduled every day of your life cannot imagine how much I love you, that I've known you by name, that I've individually crafted you and wired you for purpose. You cannot imagine this. And the response is this, God, I'm just in wonder at how much you care for me. God, I'm just in wonder. There's no limits of on what could happen in my life. Because this is almost too wonderful to believe. And I just feel like God's just really here with a big smile on his face. Put his big arms around you and go, you cannot imagine how much I'm for you. You cannot imagine how much I love you. You cannot imagine the thoughts that have gone into your know you better than you know yourself and if you follow me I'm going to fulfill your dreams and you're going to live the most flourishing life that you could imagine hey can I invite you just maybe to close your eyes and I don't bow your heads or whatever we're going to I'm just I'd love to pray well I just wonder before I pray there's some people here like Maybe you've just, maybe this is your first day in church. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you've been hearing about this God. But I sense there's an invitation. Why don't you come home today? Why don't you come and this God who knows you better than you know yourself? All you've got to do is acknowledge. And what He's always been doing and always been present for, you just now become aware of it go, Jesus, I want to now acknowledge your presence. I want to let you be part of my life. 
I want to more consciously trust you that you're for me, that you're with me, that you called me and that you saved me. Hey, just while everyone, every eyes closed, just to respect people making a decision, I'd love to pray for you. But, but if you're in your heart, you're just like, yeah, that's me. I want that. I just, in a minute, I just want to count to three and just invite you just to just quickly just raise your hand. No one else is looking. Just to give me a wave and then you can put your hand down. Just so I, I know, like, you're the other person who's going, yeah, Jesus, I want this. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you did it at some point, but you've kind of wandered away from that. You just want to come back to and say, Jesus, I want to go again with this. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's in your heart. Like, yeah, I'm ready for this. Ready to open up my life to this God. Just on the count of three, just quickly raise your hand, give me a wave, and I'll, and I'll, I'll acknowledge it, and then I'll pray for you. So one, two, three. Can you just give me a wave? Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Now's not a good time to scratch your head. <laughs> Anyone else? Cool. Any others want to follow this person? Go, yeah, I want to be part of this. I don't know how you do it. In New Zealand, we just, I just pray a prayer, and I'd love for you to uh, say a scene as love you. Let's just all just pray out loud to support these people, and, and just let's pray in our outside voices, our big, bold voices. So let's just pray. Let's just say after me. Uh, Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you know me. Today I want to come home into your relationship. Jesus, be my Savior and my Lord. I welcome you into my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How about we give everyone a clap? That's awesome. Hey, um, I might, sorry, I've gone on a bit over time with that jazz story, but um, hey, there's probably some people I could see on your faces like, man, this is important truth. If you'd, love, if you'd like us to pray with you, we'd love to pray. And for you to feel that kind of wonder, He actually does care for me. He actually does love me. And so um, thanks so much for the privilege of being here guys it's such an honor to partner with our friends and their amazing family and so good to be back after so long and look forward to being back again